Welcome to Archie and Me, an Archie Comics podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Brandon. And today we're interviewing Cena Grace and Derek Charm, the creative team behind the 2019 miniseries Jughead's Time Police. Cena is also the creator of Rockstar and Softboy Go to Space, coming out this month. And you can look forward to Superman the Harvest of Youth coming out in October. In addition to Jughead's Time Police, Derek worked on the 2015 Jughead series and the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which is getting an omnibus release in March. In this interview, Cena and Derek talk about Jughead's Time Police, collaborating for Archie Comics, and which Riverdale characters would do well in Snatch Game on RuPaul's Drag Race. We had a really great conversation. Thank you again to Cena and Derek for joining us. And without further ado, here's our interview. All right, Cena, Derek, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're super excited to talk about uh, Jughead's Time Police. But before that, um, I guess we'll start off with Cena. We're wondering, you know, what was your first exposure to the world of Archie? You know, whether it's through comics or a TV show like Sabrina. Oh, I guess it. I guess it actually. No, you know what? It was even before Sabrina. It was Josie and the Pussycats. That cartoon. Um, I love that cartoon. And then, then it was the Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina. And then the comics. I worked at this comic store, Heidi Hill Comics in Santa Monica. So I'd always see the digest books. And then and then the next wave was like the the Mark Wade kind of, you know, creative overhaul, like that whole line. Uh, where like Fiona Staples, sorry, that I I worked at Top Gun. There was a writer named Fiona Avery, and I always would get their names mixed up. But anyway, the Fiona Staples, like she drew that first arc and it was gorgeous. And so those were my waves of Archie kind of uh induction or whatever that's how i got inducted into archie yeah i've i've i read them when i was young but i always forget the um not the cartoon but the josie and the pussycats movie that that technically (laughs) counts you know the one that i had the soundtrack and never saw the movie until like four years ago but i loved that soundtrack sorry i talked over i spoke over Derek. oh no i was just agreeing with you (laughs) (laughs) yeah Derek. how about you how are you introduced to the world of archie um i think probably just like you know, grocery store checkout line because it was kind of the only comics that they like were everywhere, you know? So like I would always flip through those and then I got, I got into it later because like the fashion, especially in like the Harry Lucy, like, in, like the early 60s stuff is like so interesting to look at, like the, how they were doing like teenage fashion. Uh, it was really cool. And then, yeah, and then it came up as work. So. Yeah, I always think it's interesting seeing, yeah, especially in stuff that's older, seeing people draw what they think teenagers are teenagers are wearing right 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 <laughs> yeah they're like fully in like thanksgiving wardrobe like, <laughs> in class <laughs> right <laughs> and you know what we we talk about some, sometimes we love we're we're th- especially jughead or archie we're like i love what he's wearing yeah, yeah I'd, I'd wear that today <laughs> always got a comment on the fashion yes <laughs> so Derek, i mean my, my first introduction to your art was in that in that 2015 Jughead series, which I know Josh and I both love a lot. I was wondering, like, how did you get involved working for Archie Comics? Um, they kind of reached. So I was working on a book, uh, Starfleet Academy, which was sort of like a young adult um, Star Trek book at IDW. 
And they reached out to me right around that time to do just do covers for Jughead. Because I Erica was still working, Erica Henderson was still drawing the book. And then uh I did a few covers and they asked if I wanted to just take over art in the book, like kind of like immediately. And so I just jumped on that and I worked with Chip for two issues, Chip Zdarsky and then Ryan North for the rest of it. And it was great. I loved it. Yeah, it seems like, you know, um, we talked about it. We did the 2015 Jughead. We did an episode about that recently. And we were talking about that relationship between uh, Jughead and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yeah, it's crazy. There's always there's always one part of the creative team working on a Jughead book at the same time. <laughs> so it was like Ryan, Erica, and I all did that. What about you, Cena? What was your first comic with Archie? I think it was Jughead's Time Police, actually. I, I was um, friends and friendly with Alex Segura, of course. Sorry, right now my dog is doing the thing wherever we like have to do like an interview or whatever, he wants attention. So my dog's <laughs> just joining in. And Anyway, uh, this is Henry. But um, uh, yeah, I'd wanted to do stuff with Archie for a really long time. And this was sort of the, the thing that hit. He was like, oh, he was like, are you familiar with Jughead's Time Police? And I lied and was like, oh yeah, oh my God, I love her. Um, <laughs> and that's a dumb clueless joke. But um, I, I I went and picked up the book and and devoured it and kind of had my take on it. And luckily, um, yeah, I got to be brought on. And I've done some stuff since, but um, I still think that Jughead's Time Police is kind of like, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, that it's it just works. It's kind of one of my favorite things I've done, period. Yeah, we went back and read the original um, stories, the original mini, and we were like, you know what? We felt like it still holds up. You know, yeah. you can go back and we were talking about how f futurism, when you draw those in books, sometimes it can look outdated. But I actually felt like the the earlier mini series and y'all's mini series ha handled the future stuff really well. Yeah, Derek, did you? I feel like you didn't borrow much from the original at all, really. Um, only the stuff. Yeah, I actually had not read the original. And even when we were working on it, I, I only had glanced at it. Because I was like, you know, I kind of want to do our own separate kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. But uh, Cena did mention from time to time, he'd be like, you know, this is what it looks like. Like the characters, the uh, the time, what are they called? The, the oh, girl the, gang. Oh, right. Uh, time, oh, the not time bandits. But some... Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> it's that. Like, while, we're like, but... we totally picked up the book and looked at it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Hold on. It's not time, Bobbies. I know that. <laughs> Wait, it's an issue one. They say their name, I think. Yeah, because oh that's like gosh. the first thing that happens is he like intercepts them or something. Sorry, yeah. we are we are so good at this. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, Josh and I just talked about it, so we should. It's know. time. It? Thieves. Oh, time I have thieves. it open. Time thieves. Time yeah. thieves. Time thieves. Yeah. Anyway, uh, their design in the original, I was like, uh, I think Cena might have mentioned, like, you know, do some cooler update of this because they have like this pink and blue kind of color scheme also. So yeah. Oh, because you know when it came out, it was like Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer came out, and so uh, I was really, really vibing on that. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I said like have the main one, kind of look a little bit like Janelle Monae, um, just like essence of. Because uh, looking at it now, it's like oh yeah, there it is. I think I I think yeah, the three names I said were like Janelle Monae, Aquafina, and Tessa Thompson. Like they should look like that. <laughs> I totally um, picked up on the totally, Tessa yeah. Thompson. Yeah, I was yeah, like, you did. I was like, wow. I was wondering if that was intentional. <laughs> if Janelle Monae happens to listen to this podcast, um, yeah, I know you're busy. If you want to put out a new album, I'd appreciate it. Uh, I, know you're, I know you're really busy, but I would love it. Yeah, I think we all would. But, but yeah, no, I, yeah, Derek, you really brought like a 
just like a good flavor to the whole thing. And then also um, the colorist, Matt Herms, was like, I think, I feel like you two were just like bonded in this, like, just. Yeah, Matt's, Matt's. No, that's it. Totally, that's sorry. Uh, he's like, he's one of the best that I've ever worked with. I love working with Matt. And we started working together at the very end of Jughead because I was coloring it up until the last two issues myself. And uh, I think I had started on Star Wars or some other book in the meantime, so I couldn't color it. And so Matt took over and he just did such a great job. And so I was excited to work with him on this because he also adds a lot. I feel like like he know like I, he knows like where the lines are implied, and then we'll continue it like with shading or whatever. And yeah, I was gonna like I was great. about to ask you about um, sort of like rendering something. Not I wasn't gonna ask you here on this because it's gonna be boring art stuff. But then I was like, oh wait, no, Matt did that. You didn't do that. Um, he totally yeah, he totally picks up what you put yeah. down, and it and it really is just like cohesive in a way that um, you don't get with a lot of like artists and colorists who aren't like you know working together every day. Totally. Um, yeah, I love everything about this book. And you gave everyone such good fashion, speaking of, like... Oh, yeah. I love that just, like, Kevin looks different than Archie, looks different than Jughead, wow. like... Because usually, you know, sometimes, especially on deadlines, like, you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, like, this one's... Like, especially jeans, like, they're, they're all in t-shirts and jeans. Mm. Like, get over it. <laughs> totally. Well, this one, this book had a long, like, lead time. I know, I think before even you, Cena, there was, like, a darker version of this that was more like the horror stuff that they were trying to do and i did some designs for that and like it was kind of like you know they were like let's see some designs and then let's see what works and it wasn't really working until like the more comedy take that you did came on and the multiverse thing that you did which it wasn't a part of it before but yeah so they had a lot of lead time so there was time to like design everyone's look and like like you know keep refining it as we were going so that was helpful for people who haven't read the book yet it has a very very serious conceit which is that jughead um like horribly botches um this pie contest <laughs> and he gets disqualified for life because he uses fish oil instead of what uh, instead of like uh you know cooking spray or something like that oh yeah yeah i used margarine instead of butter and uh fish oil instead of something else um my sister once used margarine instead of butter and and she thought she could get away with it um so he, he gets so upset that he can't go to this this pie thing this pie event that he invents time travel just to sort it out. but then he creates a time paradox by accident now archie creates the time paradox because that's what archie does um and then and then yeah they end up kind of like fracturing the space-time continuum um which leads to sort of like a mid arc twist that there is like a jughead from a timeline and he's kind of like the wimpiest jughead of all the timelines. So he is using all of this to kind of like stake his claim um, and be the be the best jughead of all timelines, which, you know, creates even more crazy things. And that's yeah, because it all I think what I sold it to like Archie Comics as I was like, and it all culminates in Crisis of Infinite Jugheads. And <laughs> I really, really wanted to have that be like a cover and this, that and the other. And Archie was like, let it be implied. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, speaking of which, um, Derek, was there, did you have a favorite Jughead you like to draw? And were there other versions that you wanted to put in there that didn't get in? I think I got pretty much every, I had like this whole cheat sheet of like screenshots of every version of Jughead that I could find. So I, there's, there's not one. I don't, I don't think there was one that I wanted to that I couldn't include. But I, my favorite was the evil one. That's like the sort of <laughs> classic looking Jughead. But he was able to get so cartoony. It was super fun drawing him. And the way Cena wrote him too, it just felt like 
a really like full like cartoon villain kind of character, you know. That was that that last. Okay. Sorry, I was just gonna say I love that last page reveal of him, or it's him in January. Yeah. Um, It's it's just such a fantastic page. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you brought it home so many times. Um, God, and I know poor January definitely like (laughs) kind of got like used as a as a plot device a few times but she comes together at the end she kind of holds she holds her own when she when she's in um like time space purgatory i thought that was pretty she 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 fights her way back but i think the best one for me because there was a minute where we weren't sure we would get away with it was you doing the cole sprouse Mm. i was surprised how much we did get away with i thought there'd be like (laughs) likeness issues or whatever but we just did it and they didn't say anything and even the, like, I can't believe, like, even just, like, sort of the, like, uh, like, kind of, like, aggressively mocking tone his, like, his narration takes to the glossy scene <laughs> of an idyllic future can't keep the stench of Riverdale's truth from wafting up. Because that's kind of how he talks in the show. Anyway, yeah. I just, yeah. And we had the hunger. It's a great joke when uh, it, it, someone comes in and says, oops, I think I punched the wrong Jughead. And it punches the Cole Sprouse. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jughead. <laughs> Yeah, even that, just with, like, knocking out Cole Sprouse, like, I don't know, that guy probably is nice, but, you know, just like, sort of <laughs> fun to have a moment where you're knocking out this, like, famous actor. <laughs> you know what? He is nice. I met him at a Comic-Con, and he reads, he at the time, anyway, it was right when Riverdale was starting, but he was reading all of the Jughead comics and everything. Oh, like, awesome. he knew who everyone was. Like, it was pretty cool. Yeah, he seems like a cool guy. So, and Derek still drew I'm sure he from. understands that it was all in fun. <laughs> yeah 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 it's you know and, and and also you know actors are always about like being egoless and having their ego checked so we we did that for him you know? <laughs> it was a gift it was a gift yeah this whole book is a gift <laughs> speaking of character designs i wanted to ask you derek about your design for dilton in this story it felt like you were just drawing him very different from how he's typically drawn and and not just in archie comics in general but even from like your 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 previous junkhead series as well yeah, I mean, that design is actually the reason I got excited about doing this book because it was sort of like being like doing different versions of what we had done before. I didn't want to do like the exact same stuff that we did back in 2015. And there was actually, so we actually did, there was going to be another Jughead follow-up. Like, it was like Ferris Bueller style comic. And so I did a bunch of designs for that too. And it just felt so similar to the other one that this one I wanted to like change as much as possible. So yeah, the Dilton one's like one of my favorite designs from this book. That's why he's so prominent. He's like barely in the story, but he's like on the cover. He's like in like everything. I never thought of that. Yeah, he is on the cover. <laughs> I also love how Kevin just pops up. Like that's some of my, my favorite jokes are these little asides Kevin has and how he's just, he seems to be just chilling throughout the whole <laughs> the storyline. That was definitely like the the queer representation guy in me, just in the sense of like, I really wanted you know when you when you're dealing with these like kind of iconic and like firmly set in stone ensembles where the the cast chemistry is such that you can't like you can't really move and shift within them it's really hard to get a character who you know has no implications in the plot to shine and so that that, that definitely was me like overworking trying to because i just you know like i didn't know if i'd get a chance with any of these characters again and i really wanted to kind of contribute to kevin's you know history um and so that you know it was it was fun to kind of throw him in and have him be a part of it 
without feeling too, too pigeonholed. And because Jughead's like f- filling this role in the cast, you, you kind of needed one more character at that seat. Um, so I'm glad you liked him. Yeah, he was. And then again, yeah, I think, I think Derek made him look super cute. Yeah. <laughs> super adorable. God, there's so many, there's so many weird things that I was like into at the time. Uh, like Ivy Park like blew up at the time. So I think that that's why I was like, and then Betty's in athleisure. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I love Archie's. Uh, he's wearing a cutoff shirt when he plays with <laughs> Archie's. I was like, okay, Archie, oh, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> that was that was a Derek move. <laughs> oh yeah, and also, uh, what's uh, Reggie has like a bandaid on his nose, but there's no explanation for why he has this <laughs> you trouble he you? got into at some point. No reason. I don't know. I was just trying to again, just trying to draw something different than I had before. Yeah, see, we had fun. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was you mentioned fun. working on a on a you know Jughead Ferris Bueller kind of concept, and obviously mm. the the Jughead's time police. I was wondering, like, like, what types of stories do you think can be told with Jughead at the center that maybe can't be told with, say, Archie at the center? It seems like sometimes Jughead is given given more prominence in these kind of wacky, sort of elseworldsy kind of stories. I was wondering if you think that that speaks to something about the character. I think he, I think he has this. I think he has this whole inner life that no one really thinks about and can be filled in so many different ways. And he is like the Ferris Bueller character where he's just so cool and he gets away with everything. Um, and, and, and anytime, you know, it's like every time I would get, you know, handed a character at this like sort of specific, uh, chapter of my like freelance journey, like, you know, I'd just come off Iceman or was in between Iceman's. I don't remember, but, um, I was going through and reading all this Jughead stuff and I was like, Oh gosh, he's like, this is, this is kind of like who I was in high school. I wonder if that Ferris Bueller thing, because there was, I had a different pitch. Maybe it was the same thing, but it might've been you. I, I, they never told me who was writing anything. They just told me to draw some pictures. So I had a, cause I did have a pitch where he like, he's just like, it, it kind of was like also building off of like what Chip Zdarsky was doing, but like he was just sort of this like punk that the principal fucking hated because he would just always find the rules and bend them to his satisfaction. Um, and it would, and, you know, but then it would always be like silly inconsequential comedy stuff. Um, and that was a little, I, I put things that I had done in high school. Like my principal hated me because I like utilized free speech law to like draw a bunch of weird stuff in the yearbook. Cause the theme was pirates. And they were like, you can't do this. You can't do that. Cause you know, gang violence and yada, yada. And I was like, well, you know, we have copies of like treasure Island on campus that show depictions of these things. So therefore like I'm allowed to, too. And my principal like brought me in and like threw down this gigantic, like rule book that I didn't know existed, like turned to page like 748 and was like, you know, section 10.9.4.3, like there shall be no this, that, and the other. And he's like, you can't do this. He's like, but you can do this and you can do that. And I was like, okay, T thanks. <laughs> like, cause he said no cannons. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Is a kid going to bring a cannonball to school? Like a, right. or whatever, you know? Um, so we had, we had, and you know, that's kind of, that was sort of Jughead to me. He just plays by his own rules. And because what he does has no bearing on anyone else's journeys, he just has these incredible side quests that you wouldn't even know about unless you were staring at him. Um, whereas I think Archie, you know, everything he does is so cause and effect with the people around him, you know, because it's all about his relationships. Like it's all about like 
I need money to do this, to take this girl out to that, or like, you know, this, that, and the other. So he, it, it's always relational with Archie, whereas like Jughead can really just be his own person and really be autonomous in his adventures. I just came up with that. All right, Derek, your turn. That's perfect. That's exactly right. Yeah, I was just going to share my, uh, I'm, I'm a music teacher by day, and I, you just reminded me of one of my students drew a canon many years ago. Uh, we were do, they, had a, they drew a picture representing the Star Swimmer banner, and he drew himself and the cannon in front of him, and then action lines coming out of the cannon. Um, and it was, just a, it was just not what he meant to draw. It was just not <laughs> what, he, what he meant to draw. I mean, I get it. Listen, all right. Listen, there's a case to be made for both sides of canon representation <laughs> in high school literature. Yeah. But th they have to remove that copy of Treasure Island. Otherwise, yes. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> This this is this isn't a question at all, but I just wanted to say, Derek, I loved how you drew Sabrina in that 2015 Jughead series, and I think that that first arc with like her in the burger suit, like you colored that as well. Yeah, I, I think did. yeah, that, that just oh, the, the way she was colored, the like the, the the line art for it, I don't know, I just that character really popped in that arc for me. Just, just oh, yeah, again, not you. a question, just wanted to say that. Yeah, yeah, no, that was exciting because it was like one of the. I mean, I hadn't had a chance to draw that character before i don't even think they had really crossed the you know less cartoony uh riverdale stuff over with sabrina yet so it was kind of cool to get to do that oh i i i, I was just gonna say um uh that like their whole meet cute i just thought was so well handled and i think too like you know we talk about like i I got, you know, brought into on the larger conversation of like Jughead's sexuality. Um, and I just thought that that was such a great way to handle, to straddle the line of like, okay, like on Riverdale, he's perceived as this. And so we want to do that over here, but canonically he's also perceived as asexual. So where do we go? And I just, it, it, you drew it so well and, and just, it just worked in such a really lovely way. And, and I feel like I, yeah. Like in this one, I was just like, yeah, in some timelines, he does have sexuality. And in some, he's asexual. Totally. And that's just, you know, yeah. Oh, God, there's a timeline where I'm a straight guy. And I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to see, you know, a story exploring their friendship more. Like what happened after, you know, they went through that. Because it seemed like at the end of the story, they were at a place where they related to each other because of um, things that they felt were different about them. Uh, yeah, I would love to see a Sabrina and Jughead book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I think I think she came back in like one of the last two issues that was Mark Wade and Ian Flynn wrote. But mm -hmm. I don't know that it was really it was kind of like a big hijinks kind of story. So there wasn't a lot of character stuff, I don't think. And then Mariko and Nick Spencer did like a like they conglomerated the books or not conglomerated. They... That's right. It was like Archie and Sabrina were dating. Yeah, I never read that. I should read that one. I like I, I like that both of their writing, but you know, you just you lose time. You lose time in the day. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great comics to read. <laughs> I know. Ugh, I Too hate many. this golden age or whatever, right? <laughs> Such a bummer. <laughs> Such a bummer because there's like no room. I, I'm like, I'm like, where do I fit in all this? This is too many people are doing too good. <laughs> well, that kind of ties into what I wanted to ask about um, next. I recently read The Mystery of the Meanest Teacher, and Cena, I know you have your uh, Superman graphic novel coming out. Uh, at my school, kids love graphic novels, and it seems to be something that kids are really jumping to. And I, I just, I, 
something that's big for me is like if that's what kids get into reading is like through graphic novels like awesome like they're excited to read i was wondering uh it what what do y'all think about this graphic novel boom and what do you think is interesting about doing these dc graphic novels oh do you, derek do you need me to start? Uh, no okay go 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 I, you I, can I, start. I, okay no i mean it's been a while so like i i finished that book probably like years ago now but i mean it was like what I like about it is it's sort of taking, it's sort of like with the Jughead book and what would they do with Archie, which is like you take the characters out of their context and put it into like a quote unquote YA or like something that's more relatable to kids. So it's not necessarily like a superhero story. It's more like, uh, you know, a character in a situation that has these abilities or these like powers or something. Um, yeah, which I mean, it sounds like your book is like that too, Cena, with a small little bent to it. It's just a weird, interesting thing that it's become its own genre because I weren't comics always like negatively perceived as this kids thing. Like, oh, it's for kids, and so oh, yeah. But now we have our own genre of it because it's not just for kids. Like, you know, now mm-hmm. it's a million things. Now it's an art form, and now it's, uh, you know, it's indie. It's anyway. I'm gonna whatever. It it's it's dope. Comics are amazing. So I think it's funny that you know now there's this separate thing, and you know, I I just kind of like looked at it as. I'm going to talk about and focus on like, you know, before the CW was the CW, it was the WB for me as a kid. So I was like, I'm going to focus on pretty kids with problems. Um, And that's kind of what I'm doing with this upcoming uh, Superman graphic novel, the harvests of youth, where it's like, I I was like rewatching Smallville. and I was like, Oh, so many of these issues are dated or there's so many things that kids are dealing with that hasn't been explored with Superman. Um, And then additionally, there were things that I think teenagers were dealing with that the culture was not letting creators talk about in these books. Like, no, the book is not euphoria, but like these kids have house parties where parents are not there. And like, they may or may not be drinking alcohol. Clark Kent is not, he doesn't want any of that, but (laughs) like, you know, these are, these are kids dealing with like actual issues. And and I think that that was the most exciting thing for me about it. And, and it was embraced by DC comics was I like talk. I just wanted to talk about death and mortality with this character who's immortal. And it's the first time in his life that he's reconciling his immortality in the face of like a teenage suicide. So, you know, and it was just great that I got to handle that and that, you know, there was this like nuance and love um, attached to it. And, and people needed that. I don't know. I had so many crazy deaths when I was in high school. And, it, you know, luckily at the time, there was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, it, you know, there was the episode where uh, an important character dies in the body. And I was able to kind of have a pop culture digestible uh, conversation about grief, you know, that, that gave me space to sort of figure it out. Um so I'm glad to do that. Also, the book is really funny. It's really charming. Lex <laughs> Luthor is such an adorable asshole in it. It's exactly like Jughead's Time Police. Everyone who's listening to this should go pre-order it now. Um, but, you know, anyway, so I think that that's what's great is, like, it's opened up this space to talk about things that it's like, okay, if, we, if we're all admitting that teens are reading these books, then let's talk about things that teens want to actually talk about. Mm. Well, I think, you know people talk about representation. I think there's so many different kinds of representation that te- and things that teens deal with in life that some people are like, oh, you know, they're not ready for this. They're not ready for that. But it's, but again, like you're saying, some of these teens are living, you know, t- tough things are happening in their life right now. And I think it's so important for them to see that in 
the in fiction and thing in the media that they consume. Yeah, yeah, totally. So speaking of a, another book you have come I've seen, I rec- earlier this year I picked up the one shot of Rockstar and Soft Boy, and yeah, <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. It's we're seeing these two queer best friends, and it's not. Um, a will they won't they from the beginning like who knows what happened future i don't know but i just love that you're seeing these two best friends who are queer and it's not focused on that you're just going to see them be best friends and i really love seeing that representation in a book yeah i i you know and i didn't i create well the book is like inspired by my friendship with comic book writer and dreamboat josh trujillo he has his blue beetle graduation day series out now uh issue three came out as of the, this recording so you know everyone go grab them uh, and yeah, I didn't even think about that when I was making it. I was more thinking of just like, I wanted to do an Abby and Alana, Lucy and Ethel for gay guys. Cause as gay men, I feel like uh, me and a lot of my homies were doing that where it's like, Oh, you know, you're Barb and I'm star or whatever. And I just wanted to be like, or how about we're guys? Like I love women, but also how about we're guy characters? Um, and that was missing from, from the space. And then, I did do a short story in this Image Comics anthology series for their 30th anniversary where uh, they get magicked into being each other's type because it's like, oh, we love each other, yes. but you're not my type. Um, and then it goes to show that even if they like look the part, what they have is not romantic. Because I, you know, I do want everyone after I made the book, everyone was saying that was like, oh, like it's so refreshing that like you know they're not going to end up together. And I was just like, oh, well, like let's talk about that. Um, and, and yeah, and I just, you know, I wanted to make more space for just the beauty of friendship in general. I, you know, my friends are so important to me and I love them so much. And I, you know, I just wanted to do something pure. Um, and I think I did it. So Derek, have you read it? Have I sent you a copy? Do you want one? I have one. I have the, I have the one that you sent. I have okay, not good. had a chance right. to read it yet. But I, do right. have it. I can get you one too if you and don't have you. it. Okay. I love, yeah, I love their transformations at the end when they... <laughs> And they're in this the like the Sailor Moon costume, and <laughs> they just have to go fix things. Uh, so much fun! What do we have to look forward in uh, the new book coming out when they go to space? Um, lots of hijinks. Um, they so it's cool. Like they start off like at a real super high. They're both like at the top of their game, and then they end up dating these fraternal twins. Um, so they couldn't be happier because like, even if they're spending the night at their boyfriend's place, it's still together just in separate rooms. Uh, but it's a gigantic mansion because it's these guys, Peter and Paul venue, they own all the venues. Um, so when they get dumped, uh, they are blackballed from all the venues everywhere. So, you know, Rockstar's freaking out because he can't tour if he can't play at a venue and then they, they basically can't hang out with their friends. And these guys are so spiteful that like, they're like, Oh, well we'll throw a house party. We did that before. Um, and then no one shows. Cause that same night, uh, the venue brothers had like Sam Smith and Kate Bush, um, do a, do a joint show at the Palladium. So they're like, and, and, you know, there's like, they're like looking at each other. They're like, yeah, I wouldn't go to this party either. I go to that show too. Um, so they just, yeah. Where do they go? space and 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 they figure out how to solve their problems in space but then also issues about their friendship and fear of the unknown come up in that uh journey as well and then there's a really interesting cameo that i'm like i do not know if i'm gonna get away with this and i'm kind of scared that like the minute it comes out it's gonna get like (laughs) it's cole sprouse it's cole sprouse (laughs) always 
everything <laughs> comes back to Cole Sprouse. <laughs> yeah, Derek, do you have anything uh, you want you, people should know about that's coming up or anything old that you think they should check out? Um, yeah, I've, I've been on kind of a comics break for like the last year or so. I'm working in animation now. So yeah, nothing nothing upcoming that I can talk about yet. But uh, I don't know, but I think the last thing that came out was probably the DC Mystery of the Meanest Teacher graphic novel, mm-hmm. uh, which you could still buy and it's still good. It's by Ryan North and I. And yeah, that's kind of it for now. What's a what, What's another thing you've like maybe peeked at in the last few years that you're like, you know what? This one slapped because you you've done like a million things. So like, there has to be kind of another. Oh, that I've drawn. Yeah, well, because you know, yeah, like comics oh, okay. are evergreen. I just want to know. They're coming out with a an omnibus of the entire run of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, and uh, I think oh. there's some. I'm happy. I'm still happy with a lot of my work on that book. I know it's like. It won't live up to Erica because she's so definitive on that book, but it's cool to like be a little part of that. So, but I mean, I'm happy with that book. I'm like pretty happy with almost everything I've done, but to an extent, you know. <laughs> and I think that'll be the right omnibus size. I'm picky about my, you know, my omnibus. Oh, it's huge. It's it's got everything. And like we recently, they recently did a podcast and it had like some supplemental comic stuff on the infinite Marvel Infinite thing where you scroll forever. <laughs> and they're like putting that into the book too so it's got like every it's going to be a huge one okay i'm about it i'm yeah i'm looking forward yeah. to that <laughs> well to thin things off um I, I do want to know i have kind of a silly question for uh cena and derek i don't know uh, you might have an answer for this too uh which riverdale characters do you think would do well on snatch game and which ones do you think would bomb oh i think easily betty would do well based on dark betty alone um and then cherry blossom would do well and then i think i think jughead would fail actually i think riverdale's (laughs) jughead would not do well i think he would like be too literal and he would get like in the weeds of like trying to like be who he's supposed to be rather than just be funny and entertaining yeah because some people go into that with some confidence that is that doesn't work out for them (laughs) you know (laughs) Yeah, that'd be like Reggie. He'd be confident that he's doing a great impression and it'd be terrible. <laughs> Where can our uh, listeners follow you all on, on social media? Are we both lucky and have like good enough names that you can literally <laughs> just type names, Derek? Yeah, I'm I'm Derek Charm on Instagram. I don't have Twitter anymore. Uh, That's where you could find me. But it used to be that on Twitter also. I'm I'm Cena Grace on, on all things. I On Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm on like I'm on the. I, I got all the other ones too when the Twitter exodus happened, and all of them have like flatlined. But yeah. find me there, and then when one of them, you know, gets picked, I'll start posting regularly. I really tried to make be real a thing. No, not be real. I hate be real. Um, <laughs> I really tried to make hide the thing. Yes. And then no, I and thought then, that was going to be the thing. Everyone was talking about that for a while. <laughs> I posted a contest on there. I was like, oh, follow me. This, that, and the other, and you get to win this stuff. And I couldn't post who won. Luckily, it was a friend. So I texted him. I was like, hey, you ended up winning this. But I was like, it, it was the it was when it was, the server was down for like three weeks. And I yes. still have been mm-hmm. trying to post pictures and I can't post pictures. And <laughs> I don't, I just am like, gosh, darn it. Like, you know, anyway, so yeah. But no, Instagram is where you can find like the real me. That's where I had a lot of fun. Well, we appreciate y'all's time today. Uh, thanks for talking with us. And um we hope you'll have a good rest of your day. Thanks awesome. for having Thanks, guys. If you want to hear us talk even more about Jug His Time, please check out our book club episode about the miniseries. We loved it. We talked about it a lot. 
If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a rating or review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow Archie and me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm no Betty or Veronica, not even Jughead. Don't you call me a Reggie, I'd rather be caught dead. Just two friends who don't know who they want to be. Let's see them figure it out. Oh, Archie and